Hello, fellow lovers of all things green. I'm Mary Stone, and welcome to Garden Dilemmas, Delights, and Discoveries. It's not only about gardens, it's about nature's inspirations, about grasping the glories of the world around us, gathering what we learn from Mother Nature, and carrying these lessons into our garden of life. So let's jump in in the spirit of learning from each other. We have lots to talk about. Hello there, it's Mary Stone, and welcome to the screened porch. I'm looking upon a beautiful landscape of snow. Yes, indeed, we finally had a measurable amount, but I'm hearing it melt from the roof. You're probably hearing some dropping of the water in the background, but I thoroughly enjoyed playing in it yesterday with Jolie. I was actually able to take out a new pair of backcountry skis named Hawk. It actually is a hybrid of a snowshoe with a cross-country ski for backcountry trails, and I haven't been able to use them. I had long wanted the skis, and Kurt gifted them to me a year ago. It was such a delight that there finally was enough snow to play in, although I have to tell you, I struggled so hard to put these skis on, and the nifty part of them is you use your regular boots rather than ski boots. So that sounds like it would be easier, but the bindings were not familiar to me, so I literally was out there for several minutes. Jolie's like, what are you doing, Mom? (laughs) And I got them on my feet, and then I realized that I didn't have my poles. (laughs) But fortunately, Kurt was on his way outside to tend to some snow removal, and he got my poles, so I was able to take a jaunt, and it was so fun, although... The snow was like peanut butter, and that likely is because the ground has been so warm. And so the hawks collected the snow, and it happened while I was going down the steep slope that leads to the brook. So while I didn't fall, I was laughing hilariously because there was like no speed at all. It was kind of like tromping through the snow. Anyway, I just thought it was a funny pioneer voyage, and I was glad that it didn't land into a tumble. And Jolie was following behind me when I came back around. uh, Kurt says, so how did they work out? (laughs) And I said, well, conditions weren't ideal, let's just say. After tending to the shoveling, I waxed my good old rock skis and enjoyed the shush. (laughs) There's a lesson in that. The old tried and true, the reliable, are just that, reliable. Though I'm sure I will find a place for the new set of skis and become more proficient at putting them on. Anyway, I wanted to thank those of you that reached back about last week's chat about the etiquette of harvesting rocks and the phenomenon of stacking stones. As I took the spin, I came upon a stack of rocks that Kurt made near the vegetable garden. They were covered in snow, and it just looked so lovely with the little footbridge over the pond in the background. So just as I was snagging the photo, Jolie came running beside it, and I got the most beautiful photograph. I will put it on the column post, which of course there'll be a link for in the show notes. So yesterday was the last day of February, leading to this week's story that starts like this. Hello, fellow readers and listeners. It wasn't until the last day of February that we had our first measurable snow, and today is March 1st making me think of a previous story about the March folklore of hope, which was part of episode 26, if you'd like to tune into that. You likely know the most famous folklore for March, in like a lion, out like a lamb. There are many others you'll enjoy in the story. It makes me wonder if there's weather folklore for February, and there is. The Old Farmer's Almanac lists, There is always one fine week in February. 
If bees get out in February, the next day will be windy and rainy. Winter's back breaks about the middle of February. And fogs in February means frosts in May. We had a lot of fog in February with the temperatures by day that were so warm and the frosty nights. So will there be many frosts in May? We'll just have to see, won't we? Snowdrops emerge early in our neck of the woods. Typically, we see them in the middle of March here. But as it turns out, snowdrops often appear in February in other parts of the country and world. They are the flower of a Christian holiday on February 2nd. Candelamas Day celebrates the first bringing of baby Jesus to the Temple of Jerusalem to welcome him into Judaism. It also marks the Virgin Mary's purification. Snowdrops, Galanthus, those lovely little nodding white flowers that magically veer through the last layers of winter frosting, are also known as Candelama spells, representing Jesus bringing hope to the world. I also came upon a legend that after Adam and Eve ate the forbidden fruit and God banished them from the Garden of Eden, which was no more, they became mortal, living the hardships of life, sickness, pain, shortages of food, and even death. When Eve grew weary of endless winters, an angel brought snowdrops to assure her winter didn't last forever, symbolizing hope as the first flowers to appear. Every time I see their lovely faces, I'm reminded that I should put some in our yard. I've often wondered how the ones along the road arrive there. Perhaps someone planted them, though it seems unlikely because they're just in such odd places. Maybe birds moved the bulbs, or maybe angels planted them there. By the way, there's a story about how to plant snowdrops in a column titled Planting Snowdrops and Spring Bulbs. I'll be sure to put a link in the show notes. Another early bloomer next to the sheep farm showed her sunny yellow flower buds before a clump of snowdrops. Winter Aconite in the buttercup family. Each cup-shaped flower is encased by bright green bracts resembling a collar. They go dormant in the summer and the foliage dies back and they can get weedy and they are not ideal if you have small children or pets because they are poisonous if they dabble with them. But that's also true of snowdrops, I believe. I wonder how the little beauties, the snowdrop and winter aconite, are faring under the heavy blanket of snow. I believe they will emerge again unscathed as Mother Nature knows what she is doing. Our goal is to trust and allow and to let go of forcing things. Let go and let God, as they say. It's all part of the rhythm of nature, and it is perfect, and so are you. Garden Dilemmas? AskMaryStone.com So as you're listening to my voice, I think you can hear the improvement, and I am feeling better. So that goes to the thing about not forcing things. Just allow yourself to heal. So again, I want to thank those that reached back and wished me well. I'm still working through things, but things are improving, and I am so grateful. So when we were speaking about February 2nd, I'm curious if any of you realize that's also Groundhog Day. And I wrote a story a while back about the history of Groundhog Day. But I think we have a little bit of time to share a few of the bits here. When I was preparing the history of Groundhog Day, it hadn't occurred to me that it was the same day of Candelamas Day. And it's always on February 2nd. 
But typically, it's the midpoint of the first day of the winter, the winter solstice, and the first day of spring, the spring equinox. And February 2nd is halfway between the summer solstice and the autumnal equinox in the southern hemisphere. Of course, we know about the famous movie Groundhog Day that premiered in 1993. It gave a new significance to the holiday as something that endlessly repeats. While Candlemas Day represents hope to the world, Groundhog Day, we could say, now signifies repetitiveness. One of the exciting, repetitive tasks in anticipation of spring is purchasing seeds. This year, early shopping is best as more have gotten into the joy of digging in the dirt. No hoarding seeds, though. Unlike toilet paper, they have a shelf life. <laughs> Remember the craze during COVID about toilet paper? I mean, really, that was so strange. Besides, most seed packs have more in them than you need, so share them graciously. Seeds, like spring, represent the promise of new beginnings. And by sharing the promise, you'll be spreading hope. Thanks so much for coming by. I always enjoy our time together, and I hope you have as well. And if so, please share the podcast with a friend or two so more can join us in learning and growing in the Garden of Life. It means so much. Have a great day. You can follow Garden Dilemmas on Facebook or online at GardenDilemmas.com and on Instagram at hashtag Mary Elaine Stone. Garden Dilemmas, Delights, and Discoveries is produced by Alex Bartling. Thanks for coming by. I look forward to chatting again from my screen porch. And always remember to embrace the unexpected in this garden of life. Have a great day.